Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. Welcome back to another edition of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series. Uh, in this series, we have the privilege of speaking with leading brands about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Tanvir Grover, who is the Chief Marketing and Digital Officer at Pet Value in Canada. How are you today, Tanvir? I'm great, Mark. Thank you for having me today as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, first off, we like to start these on a personal level, get to know the person that we're speaking with, uh, you know, the role, their past, uh, you know, your current role at Pet Value. Uh, yeah. We, that'd be great. Let me get with that. So I'm the chief marketing and digital officer here at Pet Value. I'm responsible for the company's omnichannel marketing, e-commerce and marketing analytics and loyalty program. I joined Pet Value in 2020. So I've actually led the national rollout of our transactional website, you know, including the direct-to-home delivery capability. I've helped with upgrades to our point-of-sale technology. I've done the activation of a click-and-collect uh, fulfillment across all our corporate uh, and franchise stores. And we've also launched subscription-based services, you know, enabling our devoted pet lovers, our DPLs, to automatically receive their pet essentials as they need on a recurring schedule of their choice. You know, throughout all of this as well, we've really also enhanced our marketing program, really focused on that emotional touch and the emotional connection that we want with our devoted pet lovers and really trying to highlight the brand uh, in order for people to think about us much more. Okay. Uh, fun fact, uh, something you like to do outside of pet value, scuba dive, you have 14 <laughs> kids, uh, play hockey, Canada, hockey maybe. Or, yeah. Uh, so, you know, for me, I'm an avid traveler. Um, I'm actually proud to say that I've traveled all across Canada. So I've been to all 10 provinces um, in Canada, plus the uh, plus the Yukon. Um, I've also backpacked through my through my life, especially through wow. South America, Africa, where I actually had the chance to attend the uh, World Cup. I've traveled through Southeast Asia and India. And also what I do in my spare time is I'm a big Toronto sports fan. So the Raptors, the Blue Jays, the Leafs. And uh, outside of work, I try to golf and play softball still. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, so you're probably not a big uh, Stanley Cup uh, Avalanche fan. Are you like Kale McCarr? Are you like Kale McCarr's jersey? Like <laughs> no, I, I, I obviously, you know, I, I hope Toronto can replicate what the Avs did last year. Yeah, it's good. It'll be interesting. See, isn't uh, we got one sidebar? Isn't uh, the, the gentleman they got from uh, St. Louis hurt? Yeah, Ryan Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan just O'Reilly. Got to, uh, he just got hurt um, the uh, the other day. Broke his finger. Yeah, hopefully he comes back. He's out for four weeks, I believe. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Cadre had that. Used to happen to the Leafs. Yes, I, I, it, uh, one of my best friends, a Leafs fan. He said it's uh, like being a Cubs fan. A lot of agony. Yeah. Uh, well, great. The Cubs, the Cubs turned it around finally, right? That is that is true. So hope that uh, and, and Toronto, they've won six Stanley Cups, four, six, four. I, I, you know what? They haven't won a Stanley Cup since like 1946 or 47. So there's this sort of like you know, in yep. many many Torontonians will say that they haven't seen it in their history. Whereas we've been blessed with the Raptors um, having won the uh, the NBA, NBA World Champions in 2019 and the Argos, which is our local CFL. Uh, football team just winning last year the great cup that's awesome okay uh and for those who may not be familiar with pet value can you give us a short history of pet value kind of what you guys do how you do it uh in store online it would be great to uh, know yeah. a little bit more about the brand so we're, we're, we're truly an omni-channel retailer uh we have we're a leading retailer of pet food and pet related supplies we have over 740 we have over 700 corporate owned or franchise locations across the country 
And for more than 40 years, Pet Value has earned the trust and loyalty of pet parents by offering knowledgeable customer service, our premium product offering, and as I mentioned, engaging in-store services. You know, we're very much a neighborhood store, a local store that we offer about 7,000 competitively priced products, uh, including an assortment of premium, super premium, holistic, and award-winning proprietary brands. Um, you know, our family of brands also includes, as I mentioned, Pet Value. We also have Bosley's by Pet Value, which is located in BC. We have Chico's, which is available in Quebec. We have Palmax. We have Total Pet and Tysol. And as I mentioned, complete omni-channel uh, business. So we both serve our customers in-store as well as online. Okay. Uh, we always like to uh, understand how different brands define uh, different terms with regard to customer loyalty. Having that qualitative assessment is obviously quite important. You know, you know, what does customer loyalty mean to you and to your organization? For me, it's about trust, right? You're coming to us. You're coming to us because you are trusting us to help serve you in the best way possible. Um, and we do that a lot through our expertise and our compassion. You know, when customers enter our stores or visit us online, they're no, they know they're going to receive knowledgeable customer service. They're going to get premium products and they're going to get engaging services. And all of that really establishes that trust, that you know, affirmative, you're doing the right thing, or here's a helpful tip, here's a helpful hint. And we really believe by doing that, we actually get them to come back again and again and be our best ambassadors for our own marketing. Okay. Excellent. Uh, one of the things uh, I want to commend you on, I know you uh, donated about $1.6 million worth of premium dog and cat food uh, to help Canadian pets in need. Uh, corporate social responsibility is something that, that brands uh, want to do, uh, but doing it in an authentic way can be very challenging. A lot of people do because they have to do it. We right. actually have a working group of brands that, that meet on that topic every two months. But what you do is obviously very uh, synergistic with a brand. Uh, but, you know, it can be a challenge. So how do you feel your brand's cause related or, you know, CSR efforts uh, impact your customer loyalty efforts? I think they're, I think they go hand in, like in my mind, you know, you think about what loyalty means, right? It's establishing the trust, it's establishing the, the repeatability. It's, it, it, and by doing things that are very local, very community oriented, people want to feel like they're getting something in return, not just doing a transaction, but there's some good happening out of that. And I think pet value really, again, we're in the pet business. This is a fun business. This is a loving business. Like this is an easier business to sort of say, hey, how do we actually put the deep love of animals and care, which we do every day at the well-being, you know, for their well-being at the heart of everything we do. You know, we have a program. We have a program called Companions for Change, where okay. we've raised actually $23 million Canadian in funds across uh, across the country, really to support local animal rescue organizations, local charities, and pet causes across Canada, really trying to fill that basic need, sometimes such as simple as food and shelter, but it's also like bigger projects that really help with overall animal well-being. So part of this is really this approach of how do we take on this loyal uh, customer who's shopping with us and give back to the local community in this really engaging way. Now, part of Companions for Change it's, it's not just important for us corporately, it's also important to our own franchisees, our own corporate staff, and ultimately our customers. They actually give us credit for all this work that we do in the local communities. And you know, one of the cool things that we did, which is very different, is we launched subscriptions, like I mentioned. And instead okay. of doing a discount program on subscriptions, what we actually tried to do here was create a little bit of a, a disruption and say, for every subscription a DPL signs up for, 
we will actually donate $20 to the dog guides, to the Lions Foundation of Dog Guides, in order to help support their feeding program. So again, trying to do things that are much more engaging, much more long-term, things that can create impact uh, for people. And that's what I think, you know, when I think about our Companions for Change program, that's what I'm most proud of, is, is just how much we are able to do that lives to our values. Okay, that's awesome. I wish you had been around yesterday. As I said, I mentioned we meet with brands, uh, uh, our, you know, our brand membership uh, every week, sometimes one time, two times a week. We actually had a premium and subscription program, right? We had uh, mm. that he led the discussion and other brands were talking about what they're looking, how it kind of melds with their consumer value proposition, what's working, what's not working, but your uh, impact would have been great to have. Because I think we only yeah. had like four or five, I think had five different brands, six different brands who actually had a program, you know, the other 30 were there to listen. So, but that right. sounds like some cool things. Yeah. No, no, it, it fits our strategy. Like I said, we, we, you know, I talked about that compassion, right? Compassion isn't just meant for our own um, DPLs. It's meant yeah. for our own nieces. It's meant for our community. It's meant for, you know, pet well-being, pet care, like all of that comes through loud and clear when you go into those stores and you see that compassion come to life. Okay, that is awesome. Well, I think that you can see that you're very genuine in your approach, and uh, I think that comes through just with the passion that you have uh, regarding the, the you know the program, the approach, and the focus. That's that's great here because you don't always see yeah. that, right? Uh, which no, is and I'm super proud of it. Like you know, you, you you just you know, I always say say to people like what you know when people ask me what are you most proud of at Pet Value? Yeah, sure, we sell pet supplies and pet food, but I'm also proud of the fact that we can have an impact in our local communities, right? And it doesn't have to be you're making million dollar donations. It could be as simple as we're actually making a thousand or $2,000 local donation to a local rescue. For them, that's a huge amount of impact that they're able to do. They're able to now feed their pet, you know, the, their, the pets that they have. They're able to provide shelter, which is just basic, you know, rights that people should have, right? In our case, these are things that we think about for pets. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, when you look at customers changing, that's another big discussion with regard to our, our member group, our member community, uh, and, and people we interview like you as well. Uh, customers changed during COVID. They got used to uh, you know being more convenient-led, buying online, picking up store, buying online, home delivery, uh, and now kind of things are moving back. You know, how do you see your customers changing? Uh, you know, you know, in what opportunities do you see around you know that that change? Yeah. So, I, you know, the first thing that we saw that really changed in, in my mind, and there's two significant ones. The first one was really the surge in pet ownership. So in COVID, you know, we know that um, we just, a number of Canadian homes just got new pets, right? Yeah. And, and that was just a big sort of onslaught of, of things that started happening. And the second thing that also happened was the humanization of that pet. You know, when I, when I was growing up, most dogs would stay outside. Now today, doesn't happen. Now they want the corner of the bed, right? So there's, you know, they're, they're sort of, they're trying to figure out how to snuggle with you. Like there's all of this humanization that really has occurred um, that we look at that. But what also comes out of all of this is pet wellness and care as a result. So with humanization, there's much more interest in understanding what am I feeding my pets? Are they emotionally good? Are they, you know, am I loving them enough? Am I giving them all that I can? And with all of that, you can kind of say, hey, this is now, now coming together to say, how do we actually build, you know, how do we actually think about our customers changing? How do we react to that change, especially around opportunities around pet wellness, pet wellness and health, and then coupling that with our expertise? Okay. 
When you look at customer loyalty, customer experience, uh, personalization is very important. You talked about uh, mm -hmm. the local stores and being able to, you know, uh, see the, the experts within the organization at, at, at kind of a local level. But personalization, being able to do it at scale can be challenging. What kind of dog do you have? How much zero-party data do you yeah. have? How do you action it with your automation system? Yeah. When you look at the need for personalized, unique content, you know, how is Pet Value looking to drive more personalized experiences, content offers, you know, through the program? Yeah. So I mean, part of that is, you know, you have to start building capabilities. Number yeah. one, you have to have the ability, A, you need to get the email addresses, B, you need to start building profiles and, and data segments and having a great sort of data platform to do this work. So when we look at it, we're always challenge, challenge ourselves of we have lots of data. How do we actually assemble the data into insights? And how do we take those insights to drive, let's call it personalization? And how we've started with this is really looking at segmentation to start and saying, hey, can we actually look at behavioral stuff? Can we look at what people are buying? Can we look at what they're not buying? Can we look and say, you know, where are they on their pet journey? For example, are you only buying puppy food? Because if you're buying puppy food, we know that there's going to be a point in time where you're going to need to move to adult food. All of these things are sort of going into our, into our data library or our data repository to really start yep. thinking about it. And then what we've started to do is looking at journeys, right? So how do we look at customer journeys to really understand behavior and intent? And then creating content around it, creating offers around it that can actually sit there and go, how do we create a behavior or a trial that you may do because you haven't done this before? You know, and we're always looking to sort of establish this. This is sort of the vision that I have is, you know, the, the, the future will be is I can talk to you, Mark, specifically about your dog. And if you're a multi-dog owner or a multi-dog, multi-pet owner, dog and cat, yeah. I can actually tell you a story about your dog and your cat. And I can actually talk to you about them. That's where we want to take it. And that's where we'll continue to sort of, that's the vision. And that's where we're working towards in terms of how do we drive that level of engagement yep. um, to support that? How do we harness that data that, that goes to it? And we're very lucky. Like we have a very well-established loyalty program. We have 2.4 million active customers in our database. You know, they really account for almost 75% of our system-wide sales. So it's a very rich data pool. Okay. Excellent. Uh, when you look at uh, your role being the chief digital and chief marketing officer, you know what's the biggest challenge you face? What keeps you up at night? Uh, you know, and and do you see maybe that that uh, something else coming as well? Or you know, what what are you seeing? What's a challenge? Yeah, so I think for me, you know, what I see the challenges that we're working on right now is just how do we really connect more emotionally with our customers, with our DPLs? You know, today, you know, we can look at things as transactions. But transactions, you know, as you add them up, they're human connections. And human connections then will lead to pet connections. And the way I think of it is that as we become much more of an emotional brand, we have a huge opportunity to really just say, it's not just about buying dog food or cat food. It's about the experience you have when you come into our stores, when you visit, you know, the local pet value in your neighborhood or you come online. You know, how do we actually build a content to share that expertise from an online perspective? How do we bridge it? to the in-store perspective? How do we amalgamate it so it's almost a seamless, frictionless experience um, in all channels? That's kind of what, you know, what, what keeps me going and keeps me thinking. And the part of the job that I love the most is the ability to test and learn, like to play at the edges, to kind of say, hey, how do we try to do things differently? How do we try different things to make it better? And sometimes it doesn't work out for the better, but we learn from it and we kind of adapt to it and say, maybe we'll go this way the next time around, or we'll change it this way to be actually more uh, to see if we can create a higher level of engagement. But for me, that's the the part that of the job that I, you know, I, I think 
that tries to keep me up at night. He says, how do we make the shift happen to, to around that humanization and that emotional connection and really try to get away from this transactional approach? Absolutely. Uh, are there programs that you admire that you find yourself very loyal to from a, you know, customer loyalty, customer experience perspective? You know, if you, if you have a couple, would love to hear. And you know, what do you like about their offering? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. I haven't found anything that I'm sort of like, oh my god, I'm I'm super in love with from a loyalty program. I find a lot of the programs today, you know, as they are point based programs, they're really about trying to reward me on the point side. But I don't see the level of engagement that you need in a loyalty program. Um, you know, there's some level of personalization that's coming out with the offers. I find that's not you know also the best. So yeah. you know, the things that I think about on the loyalty side that that I want to see come through in a program is not necessarily a point-based world, but a, a world where it's just, you know me more. You're actually catering to me more. You're creating better engagement for me. And all of a sudden, I feel like because I've opened up to you, you've opened up to me. So we, we've kind of created this handshake of, you know, you know me, I know you. I'm not going to give you stuff you don't need to know about, but I'll give you stuff that you want to know about. And all of a sudden, that creates a good virtuous relationship. Okay, excellent. When you look at uh, maybe some of these programs, uh, if you could ask uh, you know a competitor, someone in customer loyalty, uh, you know any question about their program or customer experience or technology, you know what would that question be? Yeah, a lot of my questions are around how do you how do you organize around the data? How do you leverage all of these data inputs into something meaningful? And how can you do it at scale? Because that's the biggest challenge is trying to scale all of this data into a point where you can actually get meaningful insights, right? So what level of, of analysis are you doing? What level of assembly are you doing? How are you organized to do that? And how much are you relying on, you know, what I would call machine learning or AI to help drive that versus how much of it is being done through human capital where we're actually trying to figure out behavioral analysis on, uh, on activities? Okay, great. Uh, good answer. Personalization at scale, doing anything at scale, you know, did you need to see the do you need uh, an analytics engine? Do you need uh, something that can PII? And what, and what human capital do you need? Like at the end of the day, right. there's all you know. This all relies on having a great vision, great leaders, and then being able to execute in a meaningful way. But to be able to test and learn versus trying to just throw everything at the kitchen sink at this thing. No, you're absolutely right. So when you look at uh, your program, you know what can Loyalty 360 do to help you and your team and your customer loyalty efforts? I don't know. I was going to ask you that question for me, actually. <laughs> you know, when I, when I thought about it, it's like, you know, just how do we get more engagement from you guys? How do we learn what's happening in the industry? And how do we, you know, sort of pressure test what, what's what's going on? And, and that's what I kind of see that you guys may do. But Mark, I, I look to you to kind of tell me what you think you can do for us. Yeah, yeah, we are kind of a, you know, we're the trade association for the industry. We're growing uh, pretty rapidly. Uh, uh, another Canadian just uh, joined just a minute ago, uh, uh, an oil company. So we mm -hmm. have, we, we meet with brands on a weekly basis, understand what they're doing. We run RFIs and RFPs. We have technology systems like Forrester and Gartner. We're fairly unique, but most people have no idea what we, what we do, right? Again, yesterday, yeah. we had this great discussion on people talking about paid premium programs. Uh, we help brands partner together, right? So we run a partnership network where we can go out and say, ah, Tim Hortons wants to talk to you, maybe about a partnership, right? Yeah. How do we 
works. We facilitate the meetings, but what we really do is just bring brands together in a very cool community to talk about customer loyalty. And what we've seen going through COVID especially is that brands are much more open to talk about customer loyalty. Uh, you know, you can have Shell and Exxon on the call and or ESSO, I guess, from Canada. Yeah. You know, they, they'll talk about what's working, what's not working, how to look at customer loyalty. And there's still a few people that kind of get on calls and don't like to say anything, but you know, we do research, we have nice papers. We're, we're uh, focused on bringing smart people like you together with other smart people and just, you know, listening. I, it's, uh, yeah. I love my job. I get to do really cool things, to talk to smart people like you on a daily basis. So that's kind of what we do. And I think we could, you know, we'd love to obviously have you more involved. That's cool. No, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the insight because, you know, it's always about trying to learn and network and also understand what's working, what's not working and what people are trialing, what people are thinking about. Like at the end of the day, we're not on the island by ourselves. You know, no, there's, absolutely there's right. smart no. people out there trying to figure it out. That's a nice quote. I like that. Um, one more question. I know we didn't ask this earlier, but I see behind you, uh, you have a number of logos. Uh, we mentioned some of the partnership network opportunity or activities we do, but that's another huge growing area of interest for brands, right? How do I do a partnership? Uh, I maybe just wanted to do something with Starbucks, right? Buy some points from them and do a value, yeah. right? Because uh, you know, the more actively engaged you get someone early in the program, the more engaged they're going to be. But it may right. take them, you know, a while to get a reward from you. But maybe you can buy five points or five dollars discounts of ESO. Or but partnerships can be struggle and can challenge. So you have them on the brand side. I think on CPG as well. You know, what mm -hmm. do partnerships mean to pet value? For me, the the biggest challenge that I think about with partnerships is how do we drive value for both sides of the table, right? So you know, when, when people come to us and say, "Hey, let's partner together," you know. I told you, like, our, you know, we have a sizable database. Seventy-five percent of that database is transacting with us um, in, in terms of our sales penetration on the program. You know, we have great data. What am I getting out of you? Like, I, I know what the perspective is from somebody else, but what am I going to get? Like, am I getting a new customer? Am I getting something that's going to be a surprise and delight? Am I going to get something that you're going to? My customer is going to come back and be like, "Hey, I love pet value for that." Right. That's kind of where you know I, I really put the pressure on my team is really come back to think about, you know, where's the the balance of, in partnership, there should be a, a balance. It doesn't have to be 50-50, but there should be a balance of partnership that says we're getting something of value and they're getting something of value. And we consummate that value that can help drive an experience, sales um, as a part of that, or what I call a surprise and delight, something that you just didn't expect. And all of a sudden we were able to deliver it through a partnership. And all of a sudden that becomes that was cool. I love Pet Value for doing that. Absolutely. Well, Tambir, this has been a very uh, interesting discussion. Uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, sometimes we have these conversations and they're not as uh, uh, engaging, right? They're the passion, kind of uh, how you talk about the store associates, how you talk about the, the pet owners and just kind of the detailed understanding you have as a CMO of your client is, is, is very refreshing. And again, just the enthusiasm, the passion is great to hear. And it's been a great discussion and looking forward to hearing more throughout the year. Yeah, no, awesome, for sure. Thank you so much, Mark. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. For sure. And thank you, everyone else, for taking the time to uh, listen today. Make sure you check back for additional episodes of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series soon. Have a wonderful day.